Hey, welcome to the It Starts With You podcast. My name is Sam Adams. I am known as the Real Life Coach, and this is a podcast that is all about exploring ourselves, about us taking ownership for our lives, taking responsibility, and our experiences and our journeys into that. I get to speak to some amazing guests and some just all round downright inspirational, awesome human beings. Plus, there's the few episodes of me just sharing my experiences of life and maybe some stuff from coaching my clients. If you want to find out more about me, please head to my website, sam-adams.com. Okay, that's it from me. Here comes your episode. Welcome everybody to another episode of the It Starts With You podcast. I am laughing. This is like take four of trying to start this podcast because today I've managed to drag kicking and screaming along my good friend Victoria Hardy, affectionately known as Ginge Unhinged or just Ginge or GC to me. Uh, <laughs> and she's just pulling faces and it's making me laugh. Um, but I'm really, I feel really privileged because she's a bit of a big deal these days. Uh, she's a bit of an author, you know, speaker, you know, a bit of a, well, I was going to swear, but I won't. Um, but anyway, so I'm really pleased that she's, uh, on the show, uh, in this series where we're talking a little bit more around relationships and of course the most important relationship, which is the one with ourselves. So welcome, round of applause for Victoria Hardy. Oh, thank you for having me. Bad time. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for making me laugh 45 times. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Good. So, um, I did a really crap introduction of you. Um, sorry about that. Um, do you want right. to kind of tell our listeners who you are and what you do? I mean, I just threw a few bombs in there, but... Yeah, so um, I'm Ginge and I am uh, a menopause advocate, um, upcoming author, speaker, dabbled with podcasts, um, general badass. <laughs> don't really know what to say. Um, yeah, all, all manner of things really talking around um specifically around women's health and also the things that we don't often want to talk about so conversationalist I guess is a good word I like that word and I know you've used it before and I it makes me laugh when you say upcoming author or writer because I know that you've written lots of things and you write so beautifully and you've massively helped me with your writing so please can we stop diminishing that bit and just like because you do (laughs) write and you've written lots of stuff and you're bloody amazing at it. It's humorous and educational and inspiring all at the same time. And you've massively inspired me and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I say it to everyone about your writing, especially your encouragement of me. So, yeah, you need to kind of raise that bar with that bit, oh, a bit more. Thank you. Badass writer then. Yeah, amongst other things, amongst other <laughs> amongst things. Amongst other things. But um, this, this season of uh, the podcast is, is about relationships um and obviously i'm i'm massively believing the relationship of self that's why the podcast called it starts Mm. with you that's why everything i do has that running through the core of it it starts with you you know you first everything your perspective on life comes from you but i know that you've been you've had a hell of a journey in the last six seven years i think Mm. yeah um and that i think has affected the relationship you had with yourself and your body and your mind so can we kind of start there? Like what happened to you to, you know, a few years ago? Um, obviously you spoke about the menopause stuff and we're, we're going to, that's what's going to lead into, but just a little bit about your story and where it led you. Because you used, did you not used to be called like, what was the messy mind thing that you? Yeah, so, um, I mean, I've always been ginger unhinged on socials, but my tagline was um, my messy mind because really that's where it started or where I thought it started Mm. Um, because I first started writing openly just on socials in mini blogs really around my mental health and that was back in 2020 I started that although I had been through a a breakdown in 2019 so so yeah so I'd had this 
um, breakdown in 2019. And yeah, the messy mind and ginger unhinged was kind of, I guess, born from a cathartic purge whilst trying to bring joy into my life through writing mm. and just the need to want to help others. And I think it was just that kind of born from like, I just hope that I could connect with one other person that may feel like I did. Um, when I went into that, little did I know that actually it was connected to my surgical menopause, which of course had actually come two years before that. Mm. Um, and really that purge of writing was my journey in finding that out. And then of course now has changed into talking about mental health and surgical menopause together because they're so connected and how that had affected me um, unknowingly almost since my hysterectomy, which was actually in 2017. Mm. So um, yeah, that's where the messy mind was originated and, and that kind of tagline, which I still love um, because I, love I do it. still have a messy mind. I still have a very messy mind um, as we all do, I think. And I think it's about sharing that part of ourselves with others which helps us heal mm. as well absolutely I, I mean I love the messy mind tag and that's probably when I first got to know you when all of the, when you were using that a lot more than you probably use it now but I agree like I think we all have a messy mind mm. uh, but we tend to think oh it's just me and um that's got these crazy thoughts and this weird flipping person in my head Barry mine's called um <laughs> I've named him Barry um but actually is all of us um yeah. you know maybe some of us struggle with the messy mind a little bit more than others but I think it's interesting because you obviously got to 2019 and you had your breakdown but you mm. didn't connect the dots that it was actually related to your surgical menopause which had come a few years earlier how did that all connect up eventually how did you kind of like piece it together because I want to try and get to a bit what I really want to get to is trying to get to that relationship you had with yourself what were you telling yourself mm. around you know what was your relationship like with yourself before you had surgical menopause and then obviously those years after it and then leading to the breakdown like is that okay if we kind of go there I know yeah, it might be a bit raw that's fine. Some of that, but... so so I'll I guess I'll start with the connection because then I think I can talk the before and after mm. so the connection came, you know, I went into my hysterectomy and came out the other side with it being very matter of fact that I would be out of pain, out of risk. Um, and there were certain focuses on uh, physical self. Mm. There was no focus on mental self and there was no focus on surgical menopause and what would happen. So there was no advice given. It wasn't spoken about. Yeah. I went into that time period after very blind. And at the time, I never saw myself as in menopause. Yeah. Surgical menopause, that, that word just never had mentioned, been mentioned. So, um, and I talk about a lot that I wasn't curious enough and I think I was just exhausted after 20 years of, of chronic illness, really. And I was just glad to be out of pain. So when the physical symptoms came, it was like, we'll just push through and soldier through. Yeah. It was the mental symptoms that, that stumped me and I felt like I'd lost myself. I had lost confidence. I explained like I um, didn't have joy in anything, you know, and, and to the point where, you know, I didn't want to be here. Um and I, it, it was really going down a mental illness route. So I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. Um, and that's what I was treated for. It wasn't until I was sat with my therapist. Um, he obviously, during therapy, we went through everything. We talked about my health in general. We mm. talked about the past. And it was my therapist that connected the dots right. that said to me, I think, yes, you are suffering from a mental illness. You have depression, you have anxiety, and yes, you're mentally ill. But I think this is really strongly related to your surgical menopause. And that was the first time that I really heard the words. And I was like, what now? <laughs> what? Like, what? you know, and there's this guy in his 60s, you know, early 60s, sat in front of me, talking to me. And I'd never put myself as being a menopausal woman like I just and and then through my own research it was like oh okay the floodgates opened mm. and then I started to see just how much not only the surgery and what I'd been through before affected my mental health but also the hormones 
now no longer being in my body, mm. how that affects the brain, our function, you know, and all of the, the physical and mental symptoms that come along with it. Um, and of course, that's then been the journey to refinding myself again. Mm. Um, so to go to to sort of, I suppose, before I talk about where I am now building that, to my my relationship with myself before my operation was with my physical self was not great Mm. I had had 20 years of pain I'd had uh, before that point 18 operations um I was like a you know I felt like a a test in you know with various gynecologists from the age of 15 Mm. um you know I've probably had about 150 men between my legs (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) just saying uh you know (laughs) in medical terms it was it was um yeah it was this constant barrage of feel horrific feel okay short amount of time feel horrific and then I think mentally it had been very rocky Mm. I'd had some you know things that had happened in my life that would shake anybody up I think um and I but it was always just carry on carry on carry Mm. on and um you know and I was very much kind of this confident um seemingly outwardly happy person um you know holding all the balls up you know let's do everything for everyone um an over pleaser Mm. and um you know very into self-development I was very in, I was in tune with myself physically I, you know I was very in tune what was what was with what was happening with my body through pain and um and I felt like I was on a growth journey um because I've always been into self-development but I think it's definitely different now so it's okay sorry to cut in so like no. so what were you doing then before you say you were on a self-development journey and it sounds like there was, there was a lot of things going on and you'd had to deal with a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, what what were you, what kind of things were you doing then that, you know, that what, you know, you say your relationship with yourself, what were you trying to do to improve it, to connect to that, to the core of yeah, you? Yeah, so, so I think um, what I now realise I was probably doing surface level things. So apart from I had had therapy before because I'd had um, PTS and um, and I'd been treated for that, and then, you know, I'd always been very open to talking. I'm very, I've always said oh, I'm an open book and sharing mm. things quite authentically and openly. Um, and, you know, and I'd be interested in reading self-development books. I worked in self-development for my day job at the time. Um, you know, I was interested in people and how my thought processes, thought processes would work. Yeah. Um, but, it, but, yeah, and I thought I was doing the work then. Yeah. Because I so thought, you thought it was pretty I, good. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. And um, you know, I was doing that as part of my job and I was like, but it but it was very surface level. Yeah. And I think the difference is now, and especially since my you know, terrific losing my shit moment, am I allowed to swear? <laughs> yeah, oh, it's my podcast, you can um, swear. <laughs> yeah. I always describe it as you know, I went to my bare bones there. Right. There was, you know, there wasn't any lower that I could have gone other than not being here. And mm. I felt like everything had been stripped away. I couldn't, I had, like I said, no joy in anything. I didn't, I felt numb, angry all the same time. Like there was just nothing. So I was at this, and, and, I, and for me, I'd also lost my voice, which was really important. Yeah. Because my confidence was through the floor. So when I started to build myself back up, I think what I made a conscious promise to myself that I wouldn't do that quietly and I would really dig deep and I would be willing to try anything to make myself feel better. And I then started to explore. And I think the more I explored and actually listened to myself, it was about not just being intuitive or feeling what was happening in my body it was about stopping and actually really listening Mm. and then understanding what do I really need and I think that was a massive connection between my mind my body and then my soul and I think the soul stuff hadn't come before and I think that's the deeper the deep stuff and the difference 
Wow. <clears throat> so your ther you said about your therapy and like he, he like he really kind of I guess that was your first awareness that actually the two were connected, like what you were going through. How long after the, your surgery was that? Two years. Right, so you had two years of like just thinking nothing, this isn't menopause or whatever, this is... Yeah, and I was getting physical symptoms, um, like hot flushes and I, and I was getting rage mm. and I was getting all the things that I now would associate, but you have to also remember that you know, yes, I was on because people say to me, what did you think would happen? You're on HRT. But I think there's a difference in being given a box of HRT and then going and having your HRT checkup and a nurse saying to you, everything all right? Hmm. And you're like, and sometimes I'd go, no, not really. And they'd go, <laughs> okay, tick a box. Yeah. Like, you know, take the blood pressure or, you know, no one was checking blood. Nobody was really asking me or sitting and explaining and saying, there's like, between 40 and 80 symptoms for the menopause like yeah. how are you how are you doing yeah and then I would have understood what was happening and yeah I just was ticking along I was soldiering through the physical stuff because I was like well I'm out of pain mm. I can feel my legs like I'm functioning and then of course it but it just got worse and worse and that's what I always say I always say that that was really the start of my healing after my hysterectomy was two years later rather than the physical healing of mm. the wounds and in the, and in those two years before you had therapy so like what like what was the difference what do you see the difference in yourself like obviously before the hysterectomy then you had those two years where you didn't really know what was going on mm. uh, you know and then you started therapy and then obviously there's after therapy and what happened once the pennies started to drop how what was your what's the differences in your relationship because i only know you as you right i've only known you for mm. the last few years and you know so that you know this is all me trying to understand your like i know you're amazing like i know you know your thought processes how you think things through you 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 can look deep within your soul you know when you might need something a bit more of a deeper spiritual connection with yourself something more soulful mm. or something more practical i can see that about you now but and, I, and you know you're good at that shit now. You know, like, you really know. Because before you thought you knew, but now you really yeah. know. Because you know there's so many layers to it. So that period, of, especially that period of a couple of years after your surgery, what was your what was your relationship like with yourself? You said you were just like, well, yeah, I'm out of pain. And, you mm. know, because you, you saw yourself as someone that was into personal development. Before that, you, you worked in that field. Mm. Were you asking questions of yourself in that time? Were you like connecting with yourself? Were you journaling about how you were feeling and your Yeah, no. So my focus was get better after the operation for three months, mm. which took longer than I thought it would do. Uh actually I felt like I didn't the first twelve months were quite difficult um yeah. before everything else kicked off, but physically it was quite difficult. Um, get back to work and excel in the workplace because that's where I believed I was at my best. Right. <laughs> um, manage the kids, you know, um, try and get physically back to where I was. So it was a big turnaround. So I was quite physically fit before my operation. Mm. I ran on the morning of, I ran on the morning. Um, I don't think I've run since. I mean, I tried to run. We know I tried to run. I know you I tried to run. Been a long time. Um, <laughs> every week, I promise of a part. Um, but yeah, I ran. So I was very, so it was kind of like, right, okay, let's get back and we'll get back. And then I would, my sort of getting back to myself was getting back to work planning a big holiday which we did we planned a big road trip mm. and it was like right so that took a lot of energy it was like power that into that you know because I was good at planning mm. and um you know I could um do this and it would be an amazing holiday with the family and we did and it was but you know and it, so it, it it was things like that and it was those were the things that I was like this is really going to make me feel this way and I'm going to feel really fulfilled in doing and being great in my job that mm. I was in at the time um, and 
you know, I'm going to be out of pain and have amazing sex now. <laughs> and, um, you know, not that we didn't have amazing sex, but anybody that's had, <laughs> just in case. Just in case Matt's listening. Just in case Mr. Kim's listening. Um, but, you know, he knows, he's been with me a long time. Uh, but anyone that's had endometriosis will know it's extremely painful, it's extremely yeah. difficult. It, 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 you know, so there's lots of different things that you've got to work through. Um, so I was like, this is going to be it, and this is going to be you know this sort of and I I thought you know this is it now I'm gonna the kids will run this sort of Pinterest life mm. and um that will be I'll be I'll be back to myself and fulfilled and you know content and of course it didn't work out that way that wasn't the case so it's because it's, it's like those external things isn't it like I was you know talking about inner peace and happiness and all of that and we we always generally you know we look to external things to give us that like you obviously think well physically I'm going to be stronger I'm going to be out of pain so then I can be really great in my job because I'm giving it all my energy mm. you know we can go on these amazing road trips with family and holiday but actually like you say it wasn't the case because no. messy mind that relationship you know I don't want to put words in your mouth but I, I'm assuming that yeah there was a lot of a lot of internal stuff going on mm. that you hadn't anticipated or, you know w- would come about I guess yeah and that was huge and I think as I as soon as I phased back into work I was a completely different person and I couldn't um I always describe it like I I couldn't get to the inbox it was like my inbox was full and I just couldn't empty it mm. I couldn't hold all the balls up I couldn't um you know I was saying yes to things like I always had done but really I just wanted to say no (laughs) and tell everyone where to go I was becoming what I felt at the time was an awful mother and an awful wife because of things that I would be thinking in my head how I would rage how I would not cope with things um that would then impact wider into wider relationships um and I started to question everything that I did and feel extremely paranoid. And um, yeah, until I came to the point where my confidence was at the point where it just felt so unauthentic and I just felt like I was living a complete lie. And that, I think, amongst everything else, I think that and not knowing why that was mm. is really what broke me because I think when you're quite an open book anyway and you'll tell people like it is and you're so and you're quite confident in that to then suddenly second guess and to lose all that and to lose your purpose in yourself that's where the relationship with myself just massively broke um you know but but you know as hard as that was it was then at that point where I could go, if I'm going to rebuild this, like, I need to really go deep in asking myself, what do I want now? Yeah. Like, if I'm if I'm going to bother to do this work, like, I don't want to bother to do it just to settle and to be really great at my job and to go on. Like, I mm. want it to feel meaningful and to, you know, feel something. And as I was doing that, of course, that's when I came into the room with you. Mm. And I was at that point where I was putting myself in conversations and, you know, I was really pushing myself to be in spaces like that to practice confidence and practice speaking again and practice kind of just putting myself out there. And, of course, I came into a virtual room with you and you were there Mm. and I hadn't been in long and... I remember the words coming out of your mouth saying, you know, you need to think about what lights you the fuck up. Mm. And it was like, it was like a firework went off in my head Mm. and my belly and my soul all at once. And I was like, yeah, I need to find what's going to light me the fuck up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And for anyone listening, um, Ginger's just referring to we used to do these clubhouse rooms, which are audio, well, yeah, audio only rooms. Um, it's kind of like through the pandemic, really, wasn't it? We were doing it was, rooms. yeah. yeah so yeah. they they were good, and that's how we met. They were really really great rooms. I think you know, 
so I guess, and again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but the relationship you had with yourself was at its rock mm-hmm. bottom when you, like say, you completely broke in 2019. You had no, no confidence in yourself. Was was the therapy then? Was that like was that your own internal processes going? I, I, I've got nowhere to go here. Like I've got no confidence in myself, and you know, feeling like you're you're not holding any balls up, let alone one or two, mm. or juggling a few. Was that was that kind of a self? You know, were you were you having those conversations? Were you did you have the ability to have those kind of rational conversations with yourself to go? I need something more here. I need to go really deep here. Or, or, or was it like mm. your doctor going, you need this support? I think it was a bit of faith. I think I, um, you know, on on that, I always say like that day, mm. um, which was really the turning point where, you know, and I, I never um, sort of, sought out to go and harm myself or write letters in that way or you know planned anything ever um and I and I think that was probably because of how suicide has touched me in different ways throughout my life Mm. so I think maybe that's had always but I definitely was at a point where I would fantasize is the word that I use it would come and go I would I would believe that I didn't you know actually have people would be better off without me here or um so when that when that day came when I when I just when it got so dark that I was at that point where I could have potentially harmed myself my children Mm. in the car other people you know I I think it was a conscious decision at that point to just take one step I didn't really know what it was Mm. and all I need all I knew was that I needed to drop the children off at school and I just needed to make a phone call and that's all I thought about I didn't really think about what was going to come was just get them to school safe and just make a phone call don't make me cry (laughs) it's hard to hear um and that is what I did and I don't know where that came from maybe it came from the thought that I knew that other people hadn't done that and maybe you know it was Mm. I couldn't make that decision and but I really just took it as that minute thing and I made that phone call and I remember I don't really remember what we talked about um, it was about a two-hour phone call. I remember it feeling extremely hard, and I remember I I almost just spewed up this yeah. <laughs> this like everything. Um, and I think because of how I was feeling and the severity of how I was feeling, that's why I was put forward for, for in front of a doctor and therapy at the same time I was very fortunate to get that very quickly mm. and of course they offered me antidepressants and and they diagnosed me very quickly with anxiety and depression um and and the therapy because I'd had therapy before and I had benefited from it uh which I'd had mm. just after my daughter was born um I just remember thinking well that helped last time and the only difference is, is I don't really know why I feel like I feel. I think that was the hardest thing. Whereas after that, I knew it was relating to mm. my the childbirth that I just had, and it was very, you know, um, sort of trigger related. Whereas this, I was like, I don't know why I feel like I feel like what is going on. Just felt mm. like I'd lost my mind and like I was crazy. Um, and but I just I always just remember somebody said to me, a friend actually. Um, had said to me you know if you're going to go to therapy go and in that first session don't hold back like Mm. lay it out on the table lay it out on the table because you know don't waste those sessions because they're hard to come by so don't waste them don't waste six sessions in and then you decide that it's going to work or not going to work like lay it out and then they know what they're dealing with 
And th- and that's what I did. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm not really sure whether I like this therapist. <laughs> well, one, he, I mean, one, he had a really sexy French name. And then when I turned up, he was like 62. And I think not sexy. Um, yeah. Um, but, you know, it took us a little while to show because I wanted to go back and I wanted to unpick um, everything. That's mm. how I felt. I was like, I don't understand why I'm feeling like this. I'm, you know, and he was very good, unbeknowning to me, because I just felt like it was a bit frustrating at times. Of course, he was allowing me to unpick in a certain way that was not damaging to where I currently was at that mm. point. Um, and of course, then the sessions became easier. We had 22 sessions in total. Wow, that's a lot. Um, and that went um, through face to face, and then of course into mm. the pandemic lockdown. So we ended up doing it through in lockdown. Oh God! Like, I don't feel I've ever cried on a podcast. Only because I love you so much. And no. although I think I've heard this before, it's still re- really hard to hear. And. Um, Yeah, it's really hard to hear, but I'm really glad you're here. And, um... <laughs> do you... I'm going to get a reputation of making people cry. <laughs> Are you? Well, we don't normally make me cry. Cry with laughter and stupidity, yeah. but... Yeah. Um. Well, I, I think... Do you think, like, the therapy... Like, making that phone call... You know, I've been, you know, I've been in a similar position, position myself, mm. and uh, so I know that, like, you think you're losing your mind situation. Um, do you think, you know, because so many people don't don't yeah. make that phone call, don't drop their mm. kids at school, don't. Do you think it was? Maybe some of the work that you've done previously, you know, because obviously you felt like you had a good relationship with yourself. Like you say, now you look back and it's quite surface level. Mm. But, you know, we all upgrade, you know, it mm. was good at the yeah, time yeah. and we all upgrade as we go through life, hopefully. Yeah. So at that time, it was probably great and good enough. And obviously mm. then you did have therapy before. Do you think it was some of that work and the fact that you'd had therapy before that you knew that actually there is something out there that can help me? Yeah, I think I think it was. I think it was layered. I think there was probably an essence of I don't know if it was conscious in that moment. Mm. There was obviously something that drove me to do that because, as you said, some people don't. I think because of how mental health had affected or has touched my life before, mm. and not in a in a good way, you know, losing people to suicide. I think I was very, you know, this was stuff that I talked about daily at work. You know, we talked about, my job was talking about well-being, was talking about mental health. My job was talking about, you know, where do we go to for help? Where Mm. do we? So that was very consciously in my mind. And what's interesting, I think, is that we can know all of the information and we can do all of the work. It doesn't stop us feeling how we're feeling. And interestingly after this in a completely different conversation that I had to have with my son about suicide not not because he was we were talking about suicide I was advised about you know when you talk about mental health or um, people taking their lives is that you explain it like a, a room full of doors and windows and some people will feel like the doors and windows close and and that's it they have nowhere to go and turn so when we talk about it with our children we not only talk about it in an awareness way and say this can happen and you may feel like this but it's really important to talk about where you go really a lot not just once not just on an awareness day like where you go if you're feeling you know that you know when one door here is mum and dad in one door here is your auntie and uncle or your brother or your sister or your best friend or your nan and granddad you know your teacher Mm. or or, or a helpline or you know a counsellor so there's all of these doors so that they understand where they go and I I feel like that's exactly the same for adults and maybe on reflection knowing that now and how I had that conversation with my son 
is that maybe because I talked about it so much at work, it was maybe ingrained already. Mm. So that when I got to crisis point, actually, it was like my brain somehow already knew what to do. Yeah. A bit like when we talk about mindfulness, practicing mindfulness every day, and then when you go into panic, your brain automatically goes in and you can try and release the trigger mm. because you kind of know what to do because it's wired that way anyway. So, and maybe that's the case is that it was so much in my psyche. Um, and maybe again, another unconscious thing is because of previous experiences, obviously, you know, maybe there just was that that fight that, you know, I had to do something and that step, I just had to make one step and I had, it had to be a positive one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And and that's really how I've focused rebuilding the relationship with myself back. And then of course that's spread out to other people is yeah. just one step. Keep going on the positive trajectory. Yeah. I, I get you. I, I, you know, you, that ties in really nicely and I'm conscious of time, but um, like re- you rebuilding your relationship with yourself now um, and your body and how you've, you know, your mm. confidence, because I know you're out there speaking and you've written this amazing book yeah. and, uh, you know, you're really blooming to me. You're, like, even in the few years that I've known you, because, like, yeah, you did come in that room and I was like, what the fuck lights you up? And I can see what lights you up. And I could, you know, and I've got to know you more and more and I and you, it just comes out of you. Um you know the way you write and 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 talk and you know your passions like I can see that in you now but how did you do that in the last few years how have you really mm-hmm. built that relationship with yourself and yeah so I think finding I talk a lot about finding joy and that's really something that I focused on that was one of the biggest steps was finding what like that finding the joy to kind of relieve the other bouts relieve the stress relieve the, the negative feelings um, and then slowly build, you know, bring that into my life. And mine was writing. That's mm. when I started journaling. And that's why I say it was such a game changer. Even though I'd always written, I've never journaled. Right. So having that, and of course, then moving that onto socials, now writing this book. Um, and the need to want to help others as well and, and keep true to myself in being vulnerable throughout that experience and humble and and going there with those conversations that other people won't have and and now being the voice for others so it was like slowly building i'm consciously putting myself in difficult situations you know starting a podcast (laughs) you know when i was really still in the height of my anxiety but you know pushing myself to do those things um and i think that then connected me into practical things that i can do and then also of course when i was asking the questions of myself about okay well i'm doing some practical things the body's you know, I'm doing what I can around fighting for HRT and getting right there. But because everything's a jigsaw, right? The one piece doesn't yeah. fix the problem. So, and we're all different. So we all have a different map of our jigsaws. So I just looked at it like a big experiment. And that's when I would take opportunities if somebody came in my life and we talked about something, um, whether it be Reiki, for example, I, I would experiment with that and mm. see how it sat with me, um, with meditation, with my, you know, and then, of course, through journaling and bringing that sort of listening to what my soul needed, I then could open up the doors to, oh, OK, I can connect to you know, this other part of the jigsaw that I'd never really touched before. And now it feels like it's not a full circle, mm. but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cycle mm. of, of kind of learning about making my own rules about what my body needs, what my mind needs, what my soul needs through the menopause in life as a mother. I think it, it feels the same, whatever your situation. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, and then finding my purpose, of course, which is yeah. really important and I realised that actually my purpose was that, yes, I've been through all of this and it's been since I was 14 and, you know, it'd been tough, but there were some good old stories in there as well. And connecting to the inner storyteller and the want to help and, and my purpose then became talking about it openly and, of course, then writing mm. a book to do it, which which takes my focus. I love what you were saying about the, the jigsaw puzzle. And, and like talking about meditation and Reiki and all of those bits and getting deeper into your soul and then that opening up the other bits of the jigsaw puzzle. And I, th- mm-hmm. I think that's like 
mic drop moment for me when you said that because that's so true right it's so key because you know I don't know a lot about Reiki but I know a lot about meditation and breath work and all of those things that I believe and have massively helped me connect better with myself and my soul Mm -hmm. and quiet and the noise for me meditation is massive for that and breath work and and then that that really does you know that that's where the joy is really because it's just it quiets all the chatter and then you're much more able to access all of those other pieces and you know, if things are quiet within you, your intuition is working better through doing Reiki and meditation and all of these mm. things, then then it's easier to find the joy. You 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 have a certain level of joy anyway for having life, but you you know it's easier to find those things that are joyous. It's like, mm. well this is actually another layer of joy. Like, oh actually yeah. this lights me the fuck up. I'm I'm already feel good, but this lights me the fuck up. Like you would like say with your writing and stuff like that. And and I, I just love that. I just love how you, you've put that. I'm, I'm really going to remember that um, for the pieces of the jigsaw. Because we talk about jigsaw puzzles, but not in that way. And how some small pieces of the jigsaw puzzle can open up into bigger pieces and actually mm-hmm. give you the ability to access other things, which you just can't if, you, if you're not really connected to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's just about, um, you know, working through those layers and not being scared to experiment you're not going to like everything you know exactly. i tried things and i think i'll never do that again mm. like spinning <laughs> i'm not sure that yeah. we're not going into spinning <laughs> so I'd, rather, Jones. I'd rather do crystal yeah. yeah but you know for somebody spinning will like them and that and that will be a piece of their jigsaw because they'll, they'll love whatever they yeah want. absolutely it's fine it's finding those things and it's yeah. also those things can change at t- in time as well, can't they? Oh my God, yeah. I used to run like a lot, but like you, I mean, I try and run a little bit mm. now, but running used to be my meditation before meditation. I, you know, when my brother-in-law died suddenly, I remember just running, 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 crying while I was running and processing mm-hmm. it while I was running. And it was kind of like this healing process, but also a meditation for me at the time. And, I, and I've used that. I know that I've used movement, like either running or walking, as that tool throughout my life mm-hmm. now I'm in a place where actually I access meditation and breath work but yeah it's like it's, it's, it's horses for courses mm-hmm. isn't it different things for different people but also yeah. knowing that that might change as well so and that's so true I think that's something that we really don't acknowledge or give ourselves enough credit for room for as humans is that we go oh god I used to run I used to go to the gym five days a week or I used to have a six pack or oh I was just so much better with my food or I used to go to um the meditation center once a week and and we have to be saying like it's okay that you don't do that now like maybe now you go for a walk in the park because that's what you need mm. now or that's what you this time in your life as we move through it mm. needs and and really actually we get so stuck on repetitive doing the same things and looking back that we forget to go this is a fluid life we're, we're making our journey through a life and isn't it wonderful to explore all the things mm. you know um Absolutely. and yeah, maybe that's. I mean, actually, I'm listening to myself talk there and thinking I probably need to tell myself that <laughs> message more. You know, when I'm like, oh, I used to do that, or why can't I do but that? But it's like it, it comes it's back to the puzzle, through. doesn't it? Again, it's like yes. you, you fitted those pieces in the puzzle, but then you look for new pieces. The intention yes. might still be the same. Like my intention, you know, through running before was yeah, it was like a meditation. Well, I, I, and the intention was that as well, I, I need to release certain emotions and I want to feel peaceful. Well, I can do that in a different way now with a different tool, mm. but I still yeah. get the same outcome. Yeah. It's, exactly. it's, it's understanding that. And like, you're right, we do give ourselves a lot. And you said, when you were saying that, I was thinking, I did that to myself last week. Like, <laughs> last year I had a six pack. <laughs> I'm a stone heavier. Yeah. I did. <laughs> It was a nice yeah, one. I, I, I just think it, it um, yeah, you're never a finished article. And, mm. you know, there's definitely a, a change, you know, for me, whether it be my my losing my shit in mm. 2019 um, or being in surgical menopause or a bit of both. I definitely feel like as, yeah, as hard as it's been, there was also a shift in connection to self. Once you can kind of 
break through all of the other stuff. Mm. And actually, there's a real key point there because I was talking earlier today and saying, you know, some people, often people are quite happy to sit in the trauma or sit in yeah. the, the com- they're comfortable sat in the un- in the trauma. Yeah. And I was, I was that person. I was actually functioning, but I was sat in that comfortable place of trauma and kind mm. of just going around in circles. And, you know, I was never like a whinge bag, but, you know, it was like, no, oh, I mean... So it's then deciding to break that cycle and saying, well, I'm actually going to make a change one step or whatever yeah. it is positive. And once you can do that and action it, especially I find from the thousands of women that I talk and have spoken to, that they all have this theme when they're going through a menopause, for example, in however different format, because we know women go through it from teens right up into their 60s and have spoken to the spectrum of age ranges and different cultural differences and um, different types of menopause. And everybody has the same theme, the same theme, sorry, that if they're willing to do that work and they've made those movements, that actually it's a bit of a reckoning and you have this like shift of, oh yeah what now yeah like and I feel like that's exciting and that's also a bit that we don't necessarily talk about as we go through life that once we can let the stuff go and start to you know once we action the change that we want like we can be unstoppable Mm. you know and we and we can create a a, you know a, a whole host of amazing energy yeah absolutely um I'm really conscious of time and I guess couple of things really quickly what what i guess what what would be your one one message that you'd want to get out to the world through this podcast that maybe you haven't said already or you know like because it, it is about relationship it's about relationship of, with self and you mm. you've been through different depths of you know knowing yourself and understanding yourself and losing your shit and back to where you are now where you're flourishing you've got your purpose and everything Maybe what about for somebody who doesn't feel that connected to their self right now? It's a big question. It is a big question. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> I know you can yeah. handle it. Or, or maybe just um, something you, 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 you want to share I that think, you haven't. I think, um, I think it probably goes off of the back of what I've just said is that when we when we think about connection to self and that relationship with ourselves, we've got to be really, really honest. Mm. You know, we've got to be really honest. We don't want to leave it to we're at our bare bones. Like, yeah. my goodness, we're only on here for a blip on this planet. So, you know, you have to ask yourself two questions. One, do you like where you are? And two, what are you going to do about that? Mm. And, you know, if you do like where you are, then what you're going to, you know, then then keep repeating the behaviour and the things that you do, because, Mm. you know, that's the truth and it's hard to hear. And, you know, people don't like to say it, but you're not going anywhere. You're going to go and you you stay where you are. And Mm. that's fine if you're happy there. If you're really happy there, Mm. you know, and this isn't the search for happiness because that's a whole other conversation, but... You know, if you're not content or there's something niggling you or you know there's a fire in your belly and there's more for you to give or do or what lights you up Mm. is over there, then what's that one thing, just one thing that you're going to do? And it doesn't have to be massive. It really doesn't because once you start that wheel, and I think sometimes we don't, we don't call that out enough. We we all read the self-help books. Yeah. They all say the same thing. You know, we all want the stuff handed to us on a plate. Um, you know, and that's what I say in my book. I'm not going to hand it to you on a plate. Like, you have to do the work. You have to do the work, yeah. Like, you have to do the work because, and do you know why? Because the joy is in the work. It's not in the destination. And we talked about that the other day, about mm. when you get to that destination of what you want, it's such a fleeting moment. Yeah. And it's gone. gone and yeah. we're on to the next. So the joy is in the work. And that's where the connection with self and soul and the physical and the mental comes is mm. in the work and, mm. and you've got to choose to do it. No one's, no one's going to do it for you. No, absolutely. And you're right. It is in the work, you know, enjoying and you do is making that decision. Like I always say, I want to be 1% better than yesterday. And yeah. um, there's a great book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And he talks about 1%. And it's funny. I yeah. had um, Ali Hendry on the podcast 
and she's a relationship holistic relationship coach and she talked about the one percent i didn't know she was yeah. going to talk about it and i but, talk about the one yeah in my and, but, but yeah, so there's a lot such a great way to think about exactly it. because we live in this world that's oh you've got to be this and the ten thousand a month club and the the millionaire club and the success club and let's all be extraordinary well if we're all extraordinary there's then we're all ordinary right and so we get a lot of this pressure put on us in society yeah. about, you know, being the next big thing and having these big, huge targets and goals. Mm. But, you know, I've worked with athletes, professional athletes who, you know, international footballers and Olympians, and they get the thing that they constantly thought that they wanted and they get it. And it's fucking, it's not what they expected. Yeah. And what's happened is they've spent eight years to get to what they thought they wanted to find out that, not only is it not what they wanted, but the eight years has been fucking shit because yeah. they forgot to enjoy the process. Yeah. And they weren't doing so what they true. were enjoying, thinking they were going to get all the joy from the trophy, whatever that trophy is, whether that's writing a book mm. or winning a gold medal at the Olympics. And it is about those 1% things every day. And, mm. But I think those 1% things come from getting really back to the bare bones like you said of really being fucking honest with yourself yeah. and doing the work and then finding and there's a million ways to do the work like we've talked yeah. about you know whether that's writing running journaling meditation you know there's a gazillion ways me like you're yeah. playing the ukulele de-stresses me and my mind goes different places yeah. you know there's a million ways just so you can find some that will bring you joy yeah and that will change you and will connect you better with yourself um and then that lights you up and you find your purpose and yeah. and along you go. And we just have to ask those questions of ourselves. Like we're so quick to go with what other people have, have done or tried or what mm. we feel like society tells us we should have for our well-being yeah. or how many steps we should do or <laughs> yeah. go to the gym. Like my my basic exercise routine is dancing around my kitchen yeah like i'm like i'm pretty sure i burn a few calories creating reels <laughs> i'm pretty <laughs> sure you do as well but you know or walking my dog or whatever like yeah i might get back to jimmy i might do but i i don't need to be now i don't i'm getting a lot more comfortable with asking myself well, what actually do i want to do like yeah. don't just slog it out somewhere if it doesn't yeah. also, light you up like Exactly. You know, and and we've got the answers inside ourselves. It's it's like in in the real life club I always say to the guys every day do a personal daily inventory and one of the things that part of the personal daily inventory is asking yourself what you need. Now that might be you might need to think, Oh, I need to move my body but there's a gazillion and one ways you can move your body. Yes, I used to run ten K, yeah. you know, twice a week a year ago, but actually now that might be just dancing around your kitchen. Mm. you're still getting the same outcome you're still you know releasing endorphins and that's going to make you feel good and all those juicy nice connected hormones that we get um mm. so it's just yeah asking yourself what you need and giving it to yeah. yourself so many of us don't we give ourselves a hard time no i need to do this i should be there and mm. and then oh, i can't i can't take that time for myself i'm too yeah. busy i'm too busy i'm too busy well you know like i think you have a cho like you have a choice yeah like it's absolutely it, it's, about just bringing in and and i get it life is difficult you know i have a very full life um and it's hectic and there always is something going on it feels like yeah. um but you know we still have that time when you're talking about taking five minutes just to breathe or yeah. five minutes to go and do something that yeah you know or that helps you move forward like that one percent in one way whatever it is small um and we have, you know, we have to ask ourselves really about what's holding us back, really, mm. rather than everybody else or anything else. Yeah, it's the questions you know, we ask to ourselves are the greatest questions of all, I believe. Yeah. You know, and, and so, yeah, like, you know, people like me and stuff can give you some questions that you know, maybe you wouldn't think about before. But it, but you have to ask them of yourself, truly mm. and honestly, honestly, whether you journal about it, write about it, do audible journal or whatever, or go away and do a mental journal. But you have to ask those questions honestly and answer them to yourself. The whole world isn't going to know about it. It's just no, a conversation yeah. you're having in your in your own brain. But answer them honestly. And and I think self care. Well, like we've 
in in this side of the world anyway has got a bit lost because it, it's all about pampering and spa breaks and all of that shit and that fucking isn't what it's about at all if you yeah. if you could be truthful with yourself and honest with yourself and ask yourself some fuck a couple of really crucial questions every day and answer them honestly that's self-care yeah Check, checking in with yourself and being brutally honest yeah. about it and then just doing that one percent okay i'm just going to do that one little thing today because we all know it spirals on and on and on and you just take mm. another action and another action and like you that day that all that awful day like but you did that yeah. one thing like okay let me just get the kids to school yeah and it was enough to make you go okay i need to call someone and you did it and it's yeah. just following on just doing pe- that one thing and people say to me like well oh how have you how have you done like compared to where you were a couple of years ago to mm. now, I'm still work in progress. Mental health is always there. I have and flow. I have good days. I have you know not so mm. great days. There's great days. I don't want to get out of bed. You know, and it and it, it it's life. But you know, there's also actionable things. You know, and you know, people say, well, how, well, how have you gone from you know having an idea to write a book and then writing it within a year? You know, mm. and then almost you know, well. It was literally the step by step. Don't get me wrong. My brain automatically went to, <laughs> oh my good, like the whole big, like oh I've got to learn everything. I don't know what I'm doing. Da, 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 da. But I had to then go right. What do I need to do? Why am I doing it? You know, and just yeah. take those steps. And whatever we're doing, whether we're rebuilding ourselves or whether we're working towards a goal or a project or you know a, a vision board, you know whatever it is, you. It's about just keeping the motions and the wheels yeah. moving forward and bringing the jigsaw pieces in yeah. to to kind of build your picture. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Oh God, I'm good. Boom. <laughs> okay. Right. I we are going to wrap up. We always wrap up with a couple of oh with a couple of quick fire questions. Um. So, favorite food. <laughs> oh, how can you? Yeah, I know. That's why I laughed. I just. Difficult oh, hang question. on. Hang on. We've got Houston. Oh, no, it's okay. We've got a problem. No, we haven't. Keep talking. <laughs> Favourite food. Like, as in context. I, I need to have context. Like, pudding, dinner? No, no, just like, if you could, right, okay, if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Bread. Oh, fucking hell, yeah, of course. Okay, if you could only play one song for the rest of your life, what would it be? <gasps> That's a <laughs> question. <laughs> Quick fire, come on. It's too hard. One song on repeat the rest of your life. Oh, I'm. Uh, one song on repeat, rest of my life. Um, this is quick fire, it, you know. It is, I know, but I'm like. <laughs> that I'm is an evil question. It's an evil question. I'm like a family of musicians. I know. Like it's just too hard. Um, I feel like I'm going to immediately regret this, but I'm going to say Here Comes the Sun by George Harrison, The Beatles. Wow, okay. Didn't think you'd go there. Um, Favourite movie? Oh, uh, The Grinch. Oh, I, l- I love Perry. The Grinch. I know every single word. I love The Grinch. No, um, Grinch. It's probably in my top ten, The Grinch. And no. uh, one book you think everyone should read? Mine. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely. And what do we have a title? Can we share that? Yeah. Go. Yeah. It'll be called uh, My Menopause, My Journal, My Rules. Wicked. And it should be out in the new year, right? New year. And um, yeah, it's memoir, it's story, but it's not about me. It is about me, but it's about you. And it's about you unconnecting with yourself and finding your own rules and writing them and ripping them out and doing all the wonderful stuff that we've talked about within your own little manual. Um, can't, I cannot fucking wait for this book because I feel like I'm a big part of this book. <laughs> you have lived it. <laughs> I've been every step of the journey, which I'm very proud. Like, I haven't written any of it, but I'm proud to have heard, you know, been listening to you talk about it and getting it to come together. And I'm just, I know that I'm just, I'm already proud and gushy, but I know that I'm going to be super proud and gushy next year when it comes out and the whole world gets to see it. Um, fucking a, amazing podcast. Thank you so much, Ginge. Uh, I will put your social links. You, I mean, you can save them now quickly if you want to. Where can people find you? Pretty much on Instagram and TikTok, really, aren't you? 
Yeah, Instagram is ginge underscore unhinged because mm-hmm. somebody else pinched the full name. Rude. That is. And it's ginge, ginge unhinged on TikTok. Brilliant. Um, I will yeah, put those... I'm on LinkedIn, but that's pretty boring, isn't it? So... It is. That's for grown-ups. Um, for grown-ups. And we don't do that. Uh, I'll put all those links in the uh, show notes. Ginge, thank you so much. It's been an thank absolute you so much. pleasure. Thanks for the giggles at the beginning. Thank well. you. Goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to It Starts With You. My name is Sam Adams. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about me, then you can visit my website, sam-adams.com, where you can find information about my coaching and my speaking. If you're interested in finding out more about the podcast and future guests, then please visit our Facebook page, It Starts With You, and also our Instagram page, It Starts With You Podcast. Thanks very much and have a great day.